0: And we're talking about this amazing gift that God's given to the New Testament church in being filled with the Holy Spirit and the ability to pray with the Spirit. And it's so very important. No matter what God has done, there's a cardinal rule we've always got to follow. And it's this. It's found in 1 Corinthians 14, 26. It'll be my text for this week. Let all things be done unto edifying. In other words, every manifestation of the Spirit needs to be done in such a way so as to bring maximum edification. And that's an important rule. God never wills for one person to be edified at the expense of an entire group. And so there are some things we have to learn about these gifts that He's given us. And here's the truth. Gifts from God can be abused. Uh, sometimes people think that if uh, the Holy Spirit's at work, uh, that it, 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 100% of what happens has to be pure, and the Holy Spirit gets blamed for a lot of things that He doesn't inspire. But uh, gifts from God can be misused. They can be abused. Look at Adam. Adam abused the gift that God gave him. And And what's fascinating about this, God permitted it. God knew that Adam was going to sin before He created him, And He created him anyway because God had a plan to redeem Adam. But He allowed this to happen. He didn't step in and stop Adam from eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He let that happen. And so God uh, allows gifts to be abused. It doesn't mean He wants it to happen, but it does happen. And so it's important for us to understand that down through the years in Scripture, we see that different gifts were abused. King Saul abused his anointing. He was anointed by God to be the leader of the people of Israel. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 17, New King James Version. Samuel said to King Saul, "...when you were little in your own eyes, were you not the head of the tribes of Israel?" And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Meaning that, listen, you're here because you are anointed. Yet he's being rebuked by the prophet because he has abused his gift. So just because a gift is given doesn't mean it cannot be abused. And you see that throughout Scripture. The gifts of the Holy Spirit can be misused, abused, abused. And you need to then understand this very important principle. And it's this, that the speaking in tongues that we do is not initiated. It's certainly empowered and enabled by the Holy Spirit, but we're the ones who initiate it. Now I'm going to read this again. We read it last week, and I want to read it again. First, uh, it's Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, 120 people in, in a place where they had prayed. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat on each of them. So each one of them had a flickering tongue that was split, and, and, it, 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 and it's kosher. It has a cloven uh, hoof appearance, and meaning that it's okay to put this in your mouth. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, or Holy Spirit, and began to speak. Now, I learned this in school. Sometimes there is no declared subject. It is an understood subject of a sentence. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and the next part, and began to speak. There's no stated subject there. So it is understood that the ones who began to speak are those who were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak. The Holy Spirit didn't speak. They spoke with other tongues. Now the Spirit did something all right. As the Spirit gave them utterance, they did the speaking, but the Spirit enabled them to do it. He is the one who gave guidance to the words in their mouths. They did the speaking. Now I want to show you how this works and you see the Apostle Paul giving more instruction about it. He says in verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 14 which is the technical chapter on speaking with tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Listen to verse 13. He said, Wherefore, Let him that speaks in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So he is saying to us here that uh, when we pray in, in the Holy Spirit, we don't know what we're saying. Then look at what he says in verse 15. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit and I will... Pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Now, he is saying, when I do this praying in tongues, I will. I will it. I initiate it. Holy Spirit guides it. He gives the utterance. But I am the one who starts this. I initiate this. And later on in this week, I'm really going to get into that and explain that and show you that from Scripture very, very clearly that this is a gift that God has put into the hands of believers and they have the power to initiate it even though it is a supernatural operation of the Holy Spirit. It is a partnership. And man, you see this all through the Scripture. You see the miracles uh, in both Testaments. Uh, You see Jesus uh, multiplying loaves and fishes. But before He does it, He has the disciples sit the people on the grass in companies of 50. Then He multiplies the loaves and fishes. You see, Jesus turned water into wine. But before He does it, He has the servants at the wedding feast fill the water pots with water. And then He says, now go take this water and give it to the governor of the feast. As they go, it turns into wine. So you, you see this idea. You see Moses lift the rod. The Red Sea is parted. We have a part. The part that we play, speaking, that's not supernatural. What is supernatural is what we are speaking is a real language. And so there is this partnership between God and man working together. And what you see is that when the partnership is in force, you see man doing his thing first. Uh, They had to fill the water pots with water before Jesus turned them into wine. Uh, They had to seat the company on the grass before Jesus multiplied the loaves and fishes. Uh, They had to roll away the stone before Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. So you see this partnership between God and man and man's part is the initiating part. And I'll show you that. Uh, later on. Now the Holy Spirit came and empowered them and they cooperated with him. But from then on, they had this gift. It was given to the church and it was a gift that could be abused. And that's the reason that the Apostle Paul writes in great detail about how Tongues, the interpretation of tongues and prophecy are to be used in a group setting. He goes into detail about it because there is the potential for abuse. Now think about this. If the Holy Spirit is the one who causes tongues to happen on his own, at his will, who in the world is Paul to tell the Holy Spirit how to do anything? But you see, in keeping with this thing that God has been doing with mankind from the very beginning, man does the natural, God does the supernatural. And you see it when when God brought all the animals to Adam. God created those animals, but He didn't give them a name. And it was Adam's job to give them a name. That was not supernatural. The creation of the animals was supernatural, but the naming of the animals, which was necessary, was not supernatural. Tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy, they are much the same way. God has a part, we have a part. Our part is natural. We speak, God guides those words and makes them language. Now, listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians, um, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 14 and verse 19. Very, very important. 1 Corinthians 14 verses 18 and 19. Paul said, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Now, what does that say? It says that the amount of speaking in tongues that we do is not up to the Holy Spirit. It's up to us. Paul is telling the Corinthian church, you guys like to speak with tongues, but only when you come together in his service. You don't do it at home. I do more speaking in tongues than all of you put together. That's what he's saying. So he's saying, I speak in tongues a lot. That's what he is telling the Corinthian church. But now listen to this. He said in verse 19, Yet in the church I had rather speak. I had rather speak. I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Paul is saying, I'm the one who controls my speaking in tongues. That's what he's saying. You are the one who will control your speaking with tongues. For that very reason, then, it's necessary that instructions be given so that we do not abuse this gift. That's why Paul writes in verse 26 of that chapter, let all things be done unto edifying. That's the rule. So with speaking in tongues, we are the ones who initiate this. Somebody says, I'm not sure I believe that. All right, listen to 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty-two, And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Meaning that this idea, well, the Holy Ghost made me do this and such. That's not so. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. If God made you do it, He would be bro- breaking all the rules that He has been working with since the creation of man. He never makes anybody do anything. If God was going to make somebody do something, He would have made Adam rebuke the snake and throw him out of the Garden of Eden. But He didn't do that. So God respects the will of man. So the, res- the, the, sup- the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. So that's our lesson for today. We initiate the speaking with tongues, and therefore we have to be careful when we do that. It's all the time we have, but we will pick up here tomorrow. Thank you for being with me. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app,